0: Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets powered by BetSports. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me, as always, on Tuesdays, Mr. Matt Rooney. And he's overdoing the golf thing. How are we doing, Mr. Rooney? How was the long weekend? I mean, are you feeling sad now that there's no more hockey?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I was kind of thinking yesterday, like, all right, I can talk about some Stanley Cup futures for next year because that's, I like, guess, a relevant topic today. And you guys touched on it yesterday, but like. what what do I do next Tuesday? Like I can talk about some baseball, but like, then what I got, I don't know what I'm supposed to talk about. I gotta, I gotta come up with some stuff. This is the NHL playoffs. We're, we're so much fun. You know, like the NBA playoffs, they take you through a, you know, long, like two month period there where it's just night after night, you got something. And now it's just like, Oh, what do I, what am I supposed to watch? What am I supposed to bet on tonight?
0: It's tough. And I would thank God for tennis and some of these other sports we got going on, but Let's talk about a little more hockey in general. I mean, how was the year? What did you think of the season? I mean, what should we all sort of write down to remind ourselves for for next year? What do you think? I
1: I thought I thought that was one of the best playoffs we've had in quite some time. I thought we had. the NHL finally, you know, they got the McDavids, the McKinnons of the world to, you know, the, the star players that pe- nobody knew about. People finally got, you know, people knew about Connor McDavid, hadn't really seen him on the grand stage as much. And I actually think ESPN and, and Turner deserve some credit for that because NBC, you know, when their, their national games on Tuesday nights and, and Sunday mornings were always just the same recycled Eastern Conference rivalry matchups between the Flyers, Bruins, Rangers, Capitals, Penguins. And the, the new networks actually went out and decided to, you know, showcase these elite stars. And I, I think they made a lot of money and made it, got a lot of eyeballs on the game because of it. And I think it contributed to how good the playoffs were because of how into it, into it everybody got because those guys were starring in it. And I think we developed some actual sustainable NHL stars, not really mattering where they are, not needing them to be in that East Coast market for the NHL to sell them, which I think is nice, but just, the actual hockey that we saw, we saw let in the Stanley cup finals, where, where we did see, you know, the previous dynasty possibly make way for the newest dynasty and one of the more dominant playoff efforts, efforts, looking back on it, we've seen in quite some time, but we saw, you know, a team like the Rangers come out of nowhere and look like a team that's going to be around for a while. We saw the Panthers who, you know, folded early or a team that won the president's trophy can be around. Like they're, they're, we saw a lot of viable candidates for a Stanley cup next year, you know, make somewhat of significant statements to kind of make their presence felt in the playoffs this year. I thought we got a lot of great series out of it, and I think we got as good of a Stanley Cup final as the NHL could hope for. I know what probably weren't the two markets they wanted, but in terms of actual on-ice play and the team that ended up winning, I thought we got as good of a Stanley Cup final as you could have asked for.
0: It did feel like there was some really great hockey. And, again, as a novice fan, a lot of it does feel pretty good. But this year there was, I think – there was more scoring, but you didn't lose kind of the feel of hockey. It still felt, you know, like playoff hockey where teams are grinding out. There just happened to be more goals, whereas with other sports sometimes when there's more scoring, it maybe feels a little less like that sport. Does that make any sense?
1: Yeah, and I think if you look at the Oilers' uh, Avalanche series, like that first game was 8-6, to six, right? And it was big barn burner and, and, you know, back and forth, goal after goal. The next game was four to nothing, and the Avalanche got a couple early ones and then went and played a defensive game. Like, it wasn't just all these track mates. I think what's down the Stanley Cup finals, especially because you had two teams that were capable of playing very good offensively and very tight defensively, very fast. Yeah, the first couple games were higher scoring, but look at the last two. You had three to two, three to two, two to one. Like, you had these games that still is where the NHL is going, like a, you know, a high paced, high scoring, high octane league. Lead, excuse me. You see, teams are still when it matters, when it counts, capable, and it helps that you know when one of the goalies is Andre Vasilevsky, but capable of you know pulling it back, still playing tight defense and playing that kind of old school checking game. And it was, it was even though the game wasn't, games weren't as high scoring towards the end of the Avalanche Lightning series. I thought those games were every bit as exciting as the early ones, or some of the Oilers games that we saw too.
0: Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. Now I'm not entirely sure what this sentence means, but I get the feeling that Patrick thinks the uh, the Blues didn't get a fair shake here.
1: Uh, I'll I will happily sit down and go over the tape of that uh, that play where Nazem Kadri, quote unquote, ran Jordan Bennington. Um, he was going hard for the net, tried to poke at the puck, and one of the Blues players actually, if you look at it, kind of guided him back into into the Blues goal. It was an unfortunate play. Absolutely, was it a really tough break, break for the Blues? Absolutely. Is it getting a little bit more? Did it get more attention than it should have because of the player doing it was a historically dirtier, gritty NHL playoffs player? Absolutely as well. And I'm not the biggest Nazem Kadri fan, but I, I don't, of all the things he's done in the playoffs, I don't think that was the dirtiest. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I don't think that was, I think that was a hard play. Yeah, it might be something a Hawks fan would say. But I well, think St. Like Louis that.
0: holding up to their namesake. It's not the St. Louis Happies, folks. The, the Avalanche um, are in the Blackhawks
1: really. division, too. It's not like we're, we're you know, we, we love them all that much either.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I'm not really yeah. sure how all that works, but let's Hockey have a look towards. The weird. Yeah, well, that's just life. Let's take a look at next season. We did look at the odds yesterday, but um, it was mostly just so Andy and I could go, hey, there they are. We have really no idea what we're talking about. So let's pull them up here, and since you actually know what you're talking about, we've got the favorites here on the left, and I see there's a couple numbers that uh, piqued your interest. There, uh, have you placed any wagers yet? A
1: couple long shots that I like, and I, I'll, I'll, Patrick's in the chat and being active. His blues are plus 2,500. I think that's an interesting number for them. I didn't put it on the board, but since he's he's talking Blues, um, I'm interested to see what they do it with 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 uh, the Blues do with their goaltending situation with Huso being up, and they have some, some people, some pieces they might want to reshuffle, but, but they're in a pretty good spot, and I think we saw them put together a pretty good playoff effort. So I'm interested to see what they do with their goaltending situation. I mean, the Avalanche at plus 500, there's, like, no value to that, but, like, there's a pretty good chance they win again next year. So if Does one, that number they, move,
0: they, though? Say that again? Does that number move? Does it get down to four? Does it get down I to think, three? Or are you uh, just going to have a chance all year to bet plus 500?
1: I don't think you're going to have a chance all year to bet plus 500. I think maybe on opening night you still might. But I think that line kind of moves pretty quickly because, I mean, I just – I don't think – I think they're kind of a wagon and I don't think they're going to stop anytime soon. And if you looked at their number most of the time this year, it was always kind of around, like, plus six plus seven plus five and that's a team that hadn't quite shown they can win it yet now that they're a team that's shown they can win it and you've had a team like the lightning just this recently and the penguins not long ago shown that repeating can be done too Uh, i don't think that Avalanche number is going to move a ton um if i I, I tend to agree with what andy said about the maple Leafs. if you want to take him at plus 900 you go right ahead um i'm not going to do that i would i'll I'll bet on them in games and such, but I don't really. I want they to just go lose in excruciating
0: at. fashion every year. I thought. Yeah, was, like you know what? If you want to
1: win some money on the Maple Leafs, do what I did: bet them to lose in seven games in their opening round playoff series. I won some nice mm-hmm. money on that with the Lightning. Um, the Lightning, I don't really love the value there because I know they've been back now three years in a row. But like, that's that's three years in a row with four playoff series and tough playoff series, and that's that team isn't getting any younger. Not that they're super old, but they've just played so much hockey and. They, I know they keep on doing it, but at some point, someone in that conference is going to get them. And there are some pretty good teams. But I, I know I make fun of the Maple Leafs, like the Maple Leafs coming up, like the Panthers who they just kind of ran through. There's some pretty good teams in that conference. But one of the teams in that conference that I do like the New York Rangers. They made a little bit of a Cinderella run this year. That's a number that you know you see teams like I don't want to say the Dodgers in baseball because they're they are that good of a team, but you know the, the bigger market teams tend to take a lot more money in them. So I don't think the, those odds are going to get a. a I think those odds are going to be around, you know, 20 to one, maybe a little bit less because I think they're going to be active in free agency. And I think you're going to see them spend a little bit. They, they don't have the most cap room in the world, but they have around $12 million. Some guys to re, uh, resign, but they bring back pretty much all of that young core. They have the best goaltender, one of the best goaltenders in the world uh, and Igor Shostakovich won the business. So, so that's a young team that, you know, got here a year early to that conference final and, and seeing what the, the pieces they bring back the pieces, they had around it 20 to one, Uh, I think that's that's worth a flyer. The Capitals uh, gave the Panthers a good run in the first round and up losing. That's a team with they got like $8 million, $9 million in cap space to play with. Um, They they did sneak. I don't say sneak into the playoffs. but They're one of the lower seats in the playoffs this year, but they have an older aging core with Ovechkin and Backstrom and Carlson. And that's that's a team that's probably going to like they historically haven't try to be aggressive with what they have in the off and go on at some pieces and try to get one or two more runs out of this core before they're a little bit too old before they have to move on and you know possibly blow it up and rebuild. I think that at thirty five to one, again, these these aren't numbers that necessarily. I'm not 100 sure the Capitals are going to win the Stanley Cup next year, but I think at thirty five to one, if they have a big off season, they go out and spend, they get out to a hot start, they're good at the All Star break. That's a number that you know you can look to he- start hedging on. Maybe put on prop swap if you want to try and find some good offers there. Um, and, and then the Vancouver Canucks at forty-five to one, another long shot. But they're a team that in, in twenty twenty in the bubble playoffs put together pretty good effort. They have a really good young core, and they have a proven head. You know, Bruce Boudreaux has won Stanley Cup, but he's been a guy that's gotten teams close, gotten teams right there. Um, and since he took over mid season for Vancouver last year and they went something like 32, 15 and six, I think it was like a hundred and six point pace from the time that he took over, which would have gotten them into the playoffs easily. I think that Pacific division is, you know, kind of, I think it's a little bit winnable. I don't think, I think it's a little top heavy, but I don't think that there's, um, you know, Vegas is probably going to be a little bit better this year, but they're still a team with a lot of issues. I think that's kind of a wide open division. I think Calgary takes a step back, so I think the Canucks can be an absolute uh, option in that division. Forty-five to one, with their young core, they got some cap space. They can bring in a guy or two that maybe complements it. I think at forty-five to one, I, I really like them given what they did that latter half of the year, going you know on that hundred six point pace in the second half. Um, I think that's a team again. You try and find some value, maybe start hedging at some point. Maybe start looking to flip it on prop swap if they get to a, get off to a good start and look, you know, good through the All Star break, something like that.
0: Yeah, I like that. Now, the way I always refer to it is, you're going to have some equity in these numbers. That's kind of why I asked the question about the five to one on the Avalanche because if you think it stays where it is, if you think all these numbers or any of these numbers are stagnant necessarily, don't bet it. Just wait. There's no reason to tie your money up. But if you think these numbers are going to tick down a little bit. Plan now, and then you can find a way to something to do with it later, like you said, whether it be to use that equity to buy other bets, sell it on prop swap, something like that. Those
1: are all great ideas. So, yeah, that's what I like. Didn't touch that. Didn't Patrick, I'm not that big of a homer. I didn't put the Blackhawks on there. Not taking them anytime soon. Well, uh, uh, Patrick McCann likes the Islanders. What do you think of the Islanders?
0: I heard they're going unlucky, too
1: there i I liked them going into this year a lot they they gave tampa a run for their money and took them to seven games last year and lost one to nothing in the eastern conference finals in game seven they could very well bounce back but they they have a new head coaching situation i just i want to see kind of what they do in the offseason to kind of see how they start i think that's a team that you know i think their number was 35 or 30 i don't think even with a good start that's going to move a ton so i might want to see them a little bit early and see how they look but yeah that's a team that's with the outlier of this year that kind of out of nowhere randomly sucked um, has been a team. That's been a, a gritty, tough outcome playoff time.
0: I can dig it. Let's get the Islanders there. What else is there? And then Patrick makes a point to it that apparently the avalanche have some money. They can sign themselves a better goalie. That'll help. That Goalies, Goalies are important from what we'll i
1: will see We'll see what they do with that. I, I, I don't think Marc-Andre Fleury is going to go there. I think he's probably going to try and go back to Pittsburgh and go back home. But uh, that would be an option. I think they should make a phone call. If if anyone really wants to make a move for Marc-Andre Fleury, it should be Toronto. But we'll we'll see if they end up doing that.
0: I can dig it. So we've got some hockey. We've got to wait quite a bit for that. But you have tennis. And although I didn't wear my Wimbledon hat, I felt like one day it was just – I'm
1: I'm jealous that I missed that.
0: Uh, It's okay. You can go back and watch. And maybe Dan will even share – he made a – We'll call it art, if you will, of of some of the faces that I made with the strawberry hat on. But another day, let's go through another group of picks. Again, I think that we'll get just about all these matches in, sunlight permitting. We've got a big schedule today, and most of these matches are played on outside courts. And basically, once the sun goes down, they start wrapping these things up. But I think we'll get to everything today. We'll start with Peterson, Schmedlova. I mentioned this one yesterday, I believe, so double-check. You might already have this. Um, Actually, all these I mentioned yesterday. So again, double check. You might have these, but let's go through them again. Peterson, Lova over 21 games. Again, this match starts in about 30, maybe 40 minutes after we're done the show here. I just think this match is going to be a mess. both of these players play extended matches. There's a good chance we'll see some seven fives, hopefully a tiebreaker in here at some point. So I this closer to 21 and a half, but even make a case for 22. Happy to grab the 21 there. Martinsova goes up against Karolina Pliskova. Karolina Pliskova, you know, used to be arguably the best grass player besides Ashley Barty on tour. She has a big serve, a big forehand, generally plays well here, but so does Martinsiva. She's a really underrated grass player and Puskova has just kind of had it down here and even her grass performances in her couple leading up tournaments lead me to believe she's not going to be as good as the market kind of has her evaluated here. So give me the money line in the games on Martinsiva. Great minutes playing Muguruza. We're going to keep fading Muguruza until she retires from tennis because that kind of appears to me what might be going on. She just... Looks listless, looks not focused, maybe not in the absolute best form. Now, this is one of her favorite places to play. She's won this tournament before, has a great game here, but so does Bennett. She has the serve to turn this into a long match and gonna sprinkle the money line and happy to take the plus five and a half games. I would have that closer to four, four and a half. So a big game, game and a half to get to five and a half there. Donna Vekic, like her, as an underdog against Jessica Pagula. Pagula is still one of my favorite players, but given the surface, given the form of either player, I have this much closer to a pick So give me Donna here, plus 115 or better. There's some plus 20, plus 125 floating around. And Coco vandaway um, she goes up against Rybakina, who just having a mess of a season and – Coco Vandeweghe is someone who makes a lot of her money in ranking points, and no ranking points this fortnight, but is definitely, I think, going to pay for a lot of her year with a nice run here. She came through qualifying. I think she's a great chance to win this match. Give me plus two ninety and plus four games tomorrow. Um, all of these again. It looks like the earliest time for these matches has been six a.m. Um, Eastern. I don't think there's been in a five a.m. match yet, so six a.m. Eastern. But just double check. We'll start with the parlay: Kai Yuvan um, and Marie Boozkova um yuvon here had a nice win against Haddad Mai again this should be a good service for her she's starting to build herself into a little bit of form she goes up against Dal galfi she's about minus 180 and was the price that i got for this parlay. i had her closer to minus 200 um, Marie Boozkova, always a little bit of an injury risk, but when she's playing and uh, looked pretty healthy in her first match, very clever, very well suited for these courts. The price that I got for this parlor was around minus 165. I had her closer to minus 190 against Don Lee. So put it together, I get plus 150. We'll take an Allison risk over with all due respect to Ms. Cholinska. I'm not entirely sure how to say that this is a dead nut over spot. Um, I like this over quite a bit. I played over 20. um, Might even go back later and see if I get like an over 21 or 21 and a half even at a nice plus money bet for a little bit more. Allison risk overs are just some of the best bets that you can make on grass. So Renko as an underdog kind of quietly came through this qualifying um, for this tournament playing very nice tennis. Has a good game, again, for grass. Is one of the veterans that actually has had some time to play. She goes up against Angelina Colonina who's peaking a bit here. But uh, give me the veteran here at plus money. And Um, I actually have her, as a favorite here in her next match. She is one of those players who, you know, similar to what I mentioned about Coco Vandaway, comes into the season and kind of makes her, hey, she was plus 115 when I bet it. I'm actually seeing some plus 120s here as the rest of the market opens. Happy to back her against Marta Kostyuk. So that's all the bets. Some for today, some for tomorrow. I saw a question in the chat. Uh, Matteo Berrettini, he's got COVID. He's feeling sick. He pulled himself out of the tournament. It's going to be really hard for anybody to beat Djokovic. If you don't have some Djokovic futures, anything minus 140, honestly, at this point, or better, looks pretty good. And um, hopefully you got some Nadal already. That was eight or nine to one, you know, two days ago. We're down to four or five. So, um, Scotty, yeah, it seems like we're just kind of barreled towards a, a Novak versus Nadal final at this point.
1: Should, should I start parlaying some Djokovic futures with other futures that I like, similar to the, the IGA?
0: I think so. I think you're, you're in great shape to do that. I don't know what the number is right now, but yeah, if it opens minus 140, even minus 150, I might go out to. It's just a, he is going to walk all the way to the final here, I mean, you know, unless he does something stupid again. But I think he learned his last step for hitting that lady.
1: <laughs> I, I would hope so. Hey, that's a good point. I told you the other day or yesterday, I won my uh, I forgot about it, logged into FanDuel, and I ended up seeing <laughs> my, right. my avalanche Iga parlay. <laughs> thanks to your advice with the French Open, Iga parlay futures. That's what I hit. It was a nice little like plus 500, or whatever it was, plus 600 winner.
0: I love it. Now, let's go to something that you love. Maybe I don't love so much, but tennis is going to finish at some point, and I'm going to have to have something on. So I guess we've got some baseball. Do we have J Ball? Could I do like a tennis baseball? It's a here? good.
1: It's Tuesday, so I'm going to the just double no, check. Probably unless not, we have no. the, the first end of a double header at Tuesday. Oh no! Wait, go.
0: the Twins are playing at one o'clock.
1: Oh, okay. Well, let's
0: against uh, the Cleveland baseball team.
1: Yeah, there you go. They, they, that's what they should have renamed themselves. Uh, I do have a couple bets I today, it. though. I, I don't like I don't like baseball as much anymore. That makes me <laughs> bad now because my team's really bad. Um, oh, come on now. Oh, we, we're, we're terrible. Um, Man, and that's why I, I'll start. Yeah, let's start there. They're a late night game in Anaheim. We're going White Sox, <laughs> Angels. Uh, I'm going to the alternate first five under four and a half. I think it's at five and a half, and that was like minus 154 for the under. Um, Johnny Cueto throws for the White Sox. He's actually been really good this year for them, especially on the road. I think in three of his four road starts, he hasn't allowed a run. And the one he did, he allowed four through six innings in Toronto. So it's not like it was a very bad outing. Four runs on the road against one of the better offenses in baseball. Uh, So he's really been fantastic for them um, when they've been away from home. And offensively, the White Sox just can't really score. I think they've scored 10 runs in their last five games. They're coming off a series against Baltimore where they lost three out of four, and they scored seven runs in those four games. So they've been absolutely pitiful at the plate. Um, as of late, the Angels' offense has been fine, but I, I think Johnny Cueto was out and pitches pretty well tonight, and I, I think that one's a low-scoring one again. It was, they played last night. The Angels won 4-3, uh, to three, and that was 2 nothing through, like, the sixth inning or into the sixth inning. I expect somewhat of a similar type game tonight. Uh, and then sticking with a former White Sox, Carlos Rodon, going against the Tigers tonight. He's been a strikeout machine this year. If I I don't remember if he leads the NL or if he's right up there, but he's one of the NL leaders in strikeouts. Uh, he's got eight-plus, I think, in his last like five starts. He had ten in his last outing. Uh, they're going up against the Tigers team tonight, who's not very good and has a lineup that strikes out a lot. Uh, so I, I like Carlos Rodon to go out. It's, uh, not, not only do they strike out a lot, not only are they not good, but Rodon, having been a former White Sox, has pitched against the Tigers and pitched against a lot of these guys a lot. He's very familiar with them. Uh, and in games past so far against when he's been with the Giants this season so far against teams that he's known well. I think there was one with the Guardians earlier where he racked up like 12 strikeouts. He's done well against teams from the AL Central so far that they've played that he knows. Uh, so give me Carlos Rodon, eight strikeouts and a Giants win because the Giants are just a lot better than the Tigers.
0: I like all this stuff, and Patrick has a play there. What do you think of this Marlins cards over eight and a half? I'm seeing minus 20, even minus 125, or the first five
1: over. 40. You know, I'm going to trust him on that one because he seems to be the St. Louis expert here, and I, while well, I keep an eye on the Cardinals because I'm, I'm not a Cubs fan at all, so I root for the Cardinals a pretty decent amount, uh, I haven't watched too much of Dakota Hudson, but if he says fade him right now, I think most guys know their own teams pretty well, um, and if he's saying fade him, then let's fade him.
0: I can dig it. It's, I'm going to play that anyway. It's I like a nice baseball bet. I'm sure I'll try to find something. Is anybody in the chat that if it's up for the day game here? Else? I actually forget who's even playing. I closed out of it too quickly.
1: Twins Guardians.
0: That's right. Twins baseball team. No, Twins baseball team. So maybe somebody in the chat will pop something in there. But – That's all we have today. I believe we'll be back tomorrow. More Wimbledon, more other stuff. Oh, no, actually, tomorrow we've got a great guest coming on. We're going to talk some WNBA with Clive Bigsby. If you don't know Clive, you can find him on Twitter. I believe he's at Clive Bigsby40 or something like that. He was on the uh, Circles Off. I'm sorry, Clive Bigsby41. And then you can find, he just actually did the Circles Off podcast with our um, friends over there at Betstamp. They do a nice job. So that was a good interview. But he'll come on, talk a little WNBA with us. So we'll get our sales ready i can't quite figure it out hopefully he's got something for us but that tomorrow and uh, nba award markets are opening up so hook around and look our friends at FanTool are the uh, market leader here on six man of the year so some numbers popping up hopefully i'll have some time to look at those but a lot to get into Uh, thank you matt for joining us as always i'm sure we'll have you back on friday or some other time to talk more about baseball and hopefully things are better for the white Sox. so try to cheer up hey bud
1: they won't be (laughs) they won't
0: it. <laughs> thanks again, everybody, for watching. Thumbs up, subscribe, hit the little bell so you get alerted, all that good stuff. Thanks to FanDuel. Thanks to PropSwap, all our sponsors. We love you guys. And I did a great job in the chat. Patrick's always doing a good job bringing it. Everybody else, nice job. See you tomorrow.